What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here on What Ice Radio for the Lauren Reed Live Show. Jay, what's up? I'm chilling. It's hot today. <laughs> it's super hot today, right? <laughs> but it's a great summer. I'm chilling. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here today. Yeah. We have a really special guest. I'm really excited We've been fans about. of this person for a long time. Super fans, right? And I, it's the perfect time to have her here because, you know, basketball is technically over for Philadelphia fans. Oh, but it never sleeps. Ball is life. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we're about to get into football season, but I'm happy that she's here so we can talk about what happened during. It was a pretty tumultuous season. It was a lot of ups and downs, right? <laughs> Lots of downs. And we're at this great place. We're at Xfinity Live, everybody. Shout out to Xfinity Live for having the Laundry Live show here today. Thank you so much. But without further ado, everybody, she is an Emmy-nominated journalist. Um, she is an anchor for NBC Sports Philadelphia. You know her from Sixers Outsider, everybody. This is Crystal Rich Bell. Hey. Thank you for coming on to the show. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Yes. What an intro. We're really excited to have you. We like are. like we said earlier, we, uh, was one of, you were one of those people that we always wanted to have, and it worked out, so we're happy that you're here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're just excited to talk, you know, sports, but talk about, you know, you as well. We want to kind of get into know who you are because, you know, we see the beautiful face all the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't really know your backstory. So let's just jump right into it before we get into the season because that's going to take us like the second. Oh. That's going to take us the second. Maybe some drinks. Show. We're going to start ranting. <laughs> right. There. Maybe, maybe the question should be, the first question to be is, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long summer, it feels right. like. It's it been has, a right? long summer. My heart isn't as broken as when it first happened. It took me like a good, feels like month of like Whoa. being depressed. Just you know that feeling here in Philadelphia. It started with the Eagles. Eagles lose on Sunday. Right. The rest of your week is messed up, and you're just hoping next Sunday you can get some <laughs> redemption. Yeah. So it took me about that long to just like accept that we had an epic failure. So now while I'm still upset. I'm not in that depression right. stage. You tell me, now right. it's in the solution. Like, how right. do we resolve do we, this? Now it's like, we better fix it. <laughs> Jay, what did I tell you? Like, I, what this did I was, say? You said it was this equivalent or even greater than a, than a heartbreak. Absolutely. That's what it felt like. Like, like then someone cheating on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know what happened. Like, I lied <laughs> to you. I woke up the, the no. betrayal. You found texts on the phone. No, but it was it like was she was she was at one of the games and I she was, was at, telling me she was texting me like there's people punching the air like there's just this guy kicking a can he's I just was, lost. I was at game five. <laughs> All I was, the signs of a breakup. Oh, game five was like when we lost. I it. I am a victim of game five. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't so, lose it in game seven. We lost that series in game five. Yeah. I have. I mean, Agreed. we gonna, we're really going to get into it, but I honestly called Jay the next day and was like. I have never experienced anything like that at all. Yeah. Being a Philadelphia sports fan, period. Like, looking around the stadium and looking at the faces of the people, it was one of the most <sighs> hurtful things I've ever was seen. Was it against the Hawks? No, yes. Yes. Oh. yes. All right, we, 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 we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. <laughs> all right, so, Crystal, tell us a little bit about you. Um, how did you get started? I know you grew up in Jersey, right? Yeah, South Jersey. And um, you, you played sports in high school. Yes. So how did that kind of like translate to where you are today? Yeah, growing up, um, my dad always had a camera in the house. We have like a big stack of home videos. Okay. And he would always have my mom and me host them and say like, I would watch my mom and say, today is December 25th, <laughs> That's 1995. So, cool. so I'm looking at her like, oh, I want to do that. And our household just like, the Philadelphia market is so big on sports. Like For my, sure. My grandfather, he was like the first black 
men in Pennsylvania to be like first all state playing basketball before Kobe's time, lower Marion. So we always, sports were always very close to our hearts. Okay. We would rush home from church on Sunday, sit in the very back pew because we needed to yeah. watch the game <laughs> and be for the game one time. That's crucial, so the back that, pew. That was our family. So it was kind of like that that cultivated my passion for sports. And okay. then I already had the passion for talking. Mm. And my mom put it into my mind like, okay, you like to talk. Here's what you can do. You can go to college. You can major in communication. You can study mm. journalism. You can be a talk show host. Right. But because I like sports so much, that's where I gravitated towards. And nice. in high school, I played basketball. I ran track. Former hurdler. I still got some hip issues from it. Oh wow! But that's what was what was, was your role in the ball on the basketball team? What was your role? Were I was you, a two. Okay. Yeah. You getting those buckets? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying. Were you shooting more than Ben? <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I wasn't. I was, if, if, you didn't, if, you, if you couldn't see, I gave her a look. <laughs> of course. Of course I was taking them. You were taking them. <laughs> so you went to Rutgers. So when you went into Rutgers, you were a communications major. Mm -hmm. So how did, you know, how did college go? College shaped my career like nothing else. Okay. That was the experience that I always tell people that that will kind of make or break your career and you can always rebound mm -hmm. from things but a lot of people went into college and they they just got their degree and that's great mm -hmm. but i think the difference for me is that before i even went to college i was researching university television programs mm -hmm. and i found out that Rutgers had rutv so i knew before mm -hmm. i even went there that i had to get in with them they right. trained me on how to do everything behind the scenes, right. how to shoot a camera, yep. how to edit video, how to produce a show, how to produce a package. So you're tri-skilled, so you know everything. Well, everything I behind the I had the, the same major in um, in Temple, and they, 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 re they really uh, specify for you to know all the ins and outs yes. just so that there's no excuse. Like, oh, I don't know right. how to do that. No, you know how to do it. TU has a great mm -hmm. journalism program yeah. as well, but that is what really set the foundation for my career because there was a lot of people who studied journalism and couldn't get a job. Right. I used yeah. to get super, super flack at Howard for being a, a, um, a school of communication person because, you know, everybody goes to school of business, whatever. They're like, oh, the communication majors, they don't do anything. Like, yo, yo. I'm like, no, we just had the best classes. We don't have to go to class in a suit every day, right? <laughs> right. Okay, um, Howard, hold up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the HU. But, um, you know, it just depends on what you decide to do after with it, yes. what you do with it. So when you were at Rutgers, you were at, on Rutgers TV, of course. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I read about you actually starting your own, like kind of like filled up your sports, yeah, like um, programming. Oh yeah, so so, talk to us about this that. This is a good story. So they always told us about internships. Like you can get a job if you have internships, real world experience. Right. And there was one summer where I was really gung-ho about getting an internship, but literally everywhere was just taken. Everywhere okay. in Philly. Mm. I live close to Philly. I'm from South Jersey. But I was also going to Rutgers, which was close to New York. New York. It's Every competitive. internship in New York was taken. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Right. And every time I go talk to students, I always tell them the story. It's like, if you don't have an opportunity, it's your responsibility, if this is your dream, to create one. Right. Definitely. So what I did is I found a very small sports blog and okay. i'm not even sure if they still exist today it was called philly sports pulse and i emailed him and said i was interested in an internship and when i went to that meeting first of all i was dressed in like a little you know college level 
uh, anchor dress, the little one that I could <laughs> yeah. afford. And I pitched him at that meeting. I was like, listen, if you allow me to intern for you for free, I will bring a video department here. Mm. If you, if you, because I'm a broke college kid, fund me and get me a very small camera, mm-hmm. okay, like a very small one, I will go and I will give you content and yeah. draw followers. So he got me like a really small co- uh, uh, camera. I had a monopod. Not even a girl. I remember those. I had a tripod. What year? What year was this around? This was. I don't. It's like maybe. Between 2008 and okay. 2010. Yeah, yeah, okay. So around that time. And so I went out. I had, you know how here we have microphones and we have the flag. Yeah. Right? right? I didn't know how to get one of those. So I took one of my mom's pantyhole boxes, her stocking box. You made your own flag? I made my own. I love I it. I printed a picture. DIY. I made my, I stuck a hole in it. Yeah. Like I made my own True stuff. definition of hustle. DIY. DIY. That was my nickname growing up. And what I did is I applied for credentials to go to Eagles training camp. Got mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I went to Flyers training camp. Got in. And I would go there and I would shoot stand-ups and I would get, I know my dad helped me one time. Okay. We went to it was the it was actually the year the NFL had a lockout. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was maybe that was 2010, and I went to the field where I heard Eagles were practicing unofficially mm. and got to interview some of those guys. So that is that's like my major thing for students in yes. this day and age. Back then, like we didn't really have the smartphones and the camera, but everyone today has those. Have they have those resources? They it's do. really no excuse. You can go out and do your own thing. <laughs> Pretty much, you can make it happen if you really want to make. I it mean, happen. it's funny you say that because that was that's kind of like a microcosm of my story. Like I went to school for communications, didn't really put in the work like everybody else did, as far as like working for a Comcast or whatever, and then kind of fell off. But then I wanted to do it again. Hooked up with Hector because he had a blog right, called right. Water Ice. And he's right. like, I want to do more video. I was like, well, I could do the video. You already have a camera. Let's just go somewhere and interview. Look at you now. And look at us now. Yeah, so, and uh, then it, it kind of trickled over to me. Because yeah. I went to school for animation and then got sucked into the reality of real world, trying to pay bills. And then was like, oh, I, just go get a corporate job. Right. And then being, a, you know, devastated. And this was like met Jay and got back into communication and podcasting and here we are like it, it create it you got it that's so that's so good that you said that like you, like people don't understand like it's so competitive because it's so saturated but yeah. like there's other ways to make it work yes you you already know what they say about what success like looks like it's not that straight line it's always no. that like rambled up it's so many travel. up and down the it changes coaster. colors for no reason and like yeah, yeah and, one, <laughs> and one thing too that that hustle that I did for Philly Sports Pulse that allowed me to get an internship the following year, or maybe it was a two years later, my senior year, I internship at ESPN right. in Connecticut, where right. I took a semester, lived there, was getting credits through the internship, maybe took a couple of online classes. But that also, just having that internship really propelled my career from there and being able to get my first job at the NFL Network in Los Angeles, like out of college. So that's a good segue really quick. Like when we talk to people, entrepreneurs and no one ever really likes to tell. They everyone likes to tell the successes of the story, right? It's hard, but, right? But <laughs> don't they see like behind the scenes and what you took to get here? Like, talk about maybe one of your maybe most disappointing uh, parts of your career or a you setback. Know, a setback that you you know you had to get back up from. I mean, to be honest, like this career is filled with them. Okay. People look at people on TV and they just think like, oh, they have this great job and this is so awesome. And 
that's why people do it because it really is cool and it really is great. But there's a lot of setbacks to being on TV. Like people go from contract to contract mm-hmm. where like I have probably moved in my I'm not in my 20s anymore, but in my 20s, I probably moved like 10 times. Wow. And no one ever talks about that. And when mm. you're starting out and you don't make a lot of money and you got to pick up and go somewhere else and then you're learning to make new friends or it's hard to make new friends. Right. You don't want to just let your coworkers be your friends. Stuff like that is Away hard. from your family. Yeah. And or, finding uh, sometimes, sometimes they put you in like towns that you didn't even know exist. Small markets. <laughs> like very oh, small yeah. markets. Yeah. I've been in small markets before too. And that was one of the hardest challenges because it's like, they work you so hard. You're working, to be honest, breaking labor laws, working like 16, right. 17 hours a day, no break. But but the show must, must go, go on. on. You got to get you got to get your stuff together. You they're going to pile on all this work on you and say it's for the sake of experience, which it's great experience. But these are really hard trials. Like yeah. I have been at times in my career, like extremely lonely by myself wow. because you wake up. I used to work in a bureau when I would anchor in the main station, which is an hour and a half away. And when I was in the bureau uh, during the weekdays, sometimes it was just me there. So I'd go to my apartment, just me, go to the bureau, just me, go out on the field, carry 50 pounds of camera equipment, MMJ, which means you carry, you're the reporter, you're the editor, you're the camera person. So this career path has been extremely difficult. However, people stick with it because the payout on the other side is good. And, And that's really with anything. If you can stick, it's outlasting. Yeah, it's outlasting pretty much whoever doesn't go that far. If it, and it's almost like it's weeding out. Yeah, it's not built for it. It really is because that's for sure. If winning was easy, losers would do it. Exactly. That's Absolutely. it. Well, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back. I really want to touch on uh, um, black women in sports journalism because right Ooh, now, um, it's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But we also coming in there hot. Coming in hot, right? <laughs> um, and you, you know they want their due, and I and I and I appreciate that. So we're going to touch on that when we come back. So everybody, it's your girl Lauren Ree right here on What Ice Radio on the Lauren Ree Live Show. We got Crystal Rich Bell here, everybody. So excited to have her. But we will be right back. We are back, everybody. It's your girl Lauren Ree right here on What Ice Radio for the Lauren Ree Live Show. I got my boy Jay, the gentleman in the building. Yeah, yeah. We are at, at Xfinity Live. Shout out to Xfinity Live for having us here today with our very special guest. Crystal, oh, I'm sorry, Crystal um, Bell, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. So we are about to get into some really good stuff. I'm really excited about it. So um, black women in journalism, in sports journalism, to be exact, has been a really hot topic lately, especially around the NBA finals. Um, But before we even get into that, who has been some, you know, like inspiration for you in that er- in that era um, of, of reporters like Jamil Hill. Um. Yeah, when I used to um, intern at ESPN, Jamil Hill sat me down, talked to me. So she's been like a, li- a little bit of a mentor. But when I was growing up and I told you my family's rushing home from church to go watch football, it's always been Pam Oliver number one. Pam! Auntie Pam number one. <laughs> like I saw her do it and she was like the first woman of color that I've seen on a sideline doing her thing. Yeah. So she's been number one. The first person I ever saw wear curly hair on TV was Sage Steele. And before mm. that, you know, Sage Steele has kind of gone off on some crazy topics. But before that, when she had her curly hair on TV, I thought that oh my gosh, I could do that too. Yeah. Because my hair is not curly today, but that's how I usually always <laughs> rock it. And it's hard. 
many, many news directors have told me like, oh, maybe you should straighten your hair. We don't really, really like it like that. And yeah, it's really, really hard. And to see her do it inspired me. Right. And I hope that when I do it, it's inspiring a whole new set of, of women who want to go out there and have confidence in like whatever their career path is. Yeah. To be to be whoever they desire to be. Can we just or not. Representation. Run this, run this back real quick. I more people need to put respect on Auntie Pam's name, right? Oh, yes, yes. Like, she's been out there doing it for such a long time and doing it so gracefully. Even With who? Uh, Pam Oliver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Auntie Pam. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they need to put more respect on her name. She's been out there doing it gracefully. For even, years. For years. Even, you know, when she was kind of, like, attacked about her appearance and stuff like that, she always stepped out there with grace. So shout out to Pam Oliver. She's definitely been a pioneer in this whole thing. Yeah, and you know what? She does sideline, and yeah. people don't understand, you know, she got attacked for her, how she looks and her hair. Doing sideline is hard. I'll do some sideline for Big Ten Network. It doesn't matter what I do with my hair. It could be cra- uh, curly, straight. It's blowing crazy. It's all <laughs> over my head. Like, you don't yeah, have, you're in Big Ten? You yeah. don't have control over nah. the elements. Right. Like, it's it's not easy controlling how you look when you're on the sideline. That's, that's hard. So going into a topic that happened during the NBA Finals, um, Malika Andrews is a, a reporter, and she is for ESPN. And so things went a little bit left with, I, I want to say her Rachel name Nichols. is Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols, I was going to say that. Um, about basically they were going to give her a spot, and they kind of wanted Rachel Nichols to kind of step to the side. And it, it kind of just blew up once the, the recording got leaked. How did you feel about that situation? Man, I listened to that recording several times because it's crazy. These are all women in the industry that right. I respect tremendously. So when that came out, it's almost there's like this shock factor because Rachel Nichols also covers hoops and I love her show, The Jump. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, Rachel, like we're all women. Why you got to go against the sisters? You know what I'm saying? Right. So when I when I listen to this. She had a point that's actually a valid point, which is that ESPN has had a problem with diversity. And although you see, like, black people on the air, they they have had a problem with Mm -hmm. diversity and diverse opinions. I mean, Jamel Hill left or, or, you know, left. So I think that her comments were very hurtful because, number one, while we all want to make sure that women of color get equal opportunities, and not just because we're women of color, but based off their skill, her comments made it seem like or assume that she was only getting Maria was only getting mm-hmm. these opportunities or um, because she was a minority yep. and not because she's talented she's and a skilled a former athlete a tremendous reporter a great anchor but it was because oh well ESPN is lacking in diversity which they have been for a while right. so that has to be the only reason don't take away from me understand her not wanting to get her spot taken away but she completely negated that she's worthy so do you feel like maybe possibly um, Malika kind of felt like they're just throwing this at me now because like after the whole scandal um, they still gave her the position she killed the NBA finals shout out to her right but do you feel like it took a little bit away from it because it was kind of like maybe people are thinking, well, she only got it now because of this whole situation. Listen, she got a she got a chance and the opportunity to cover the NBA Finals. Like some people will never have that opportunity yeah, in absolutely. their entire life. And it's not like Malika Andrews was 
a poor reporter and they just threw her on this because they needed someone. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, then sure, maybe some people would feel like that. But I feel like, you know, unfortunately there was this, this unfortunate circumstance that gave her an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And out of that opportunity, I hope to see her grow and do even more things and better things from there. Right. So no, I don't, I don't think that it dampened her, her opportunity and how she felt about it, but it was probably from a reporter's perspective, like very last minute to just jump on because it was very close to the final. It was. It was like like a what a week before. It was it like was, a like two days before. It was or very very soon. Yeah, it was it was soon. So, since you know the whole thing with Malika, Malika Andrews and she's done an outstanding job, what do you where do you think that takes uh, women of color in the sports journalism? Um, you know, industry now? Do you think that we're over the hump? Do you think we'll, people will start to be more diverse? Or do you still think that's a, it's a lot, a long way to go? Well, you know, I still feel like there is a way to go, maybe not as long. But when you get into decision-making rooms, a lot of times they're not people of color and right. it's not very diverse. So I do believe those rooms have to change as well. Mm -hmm. And when those rooms change, when those rooms change, then that offers more diversity in many different forms. I remember a former uh, mentor of mine got a job in one of those rooms right. as a man of color. And he would tell me, Crystal, I like your hair curly. He went, on, he went on his network and he hired women of color. So like when things change behind the scenes and right. they change on air, I think that we're getting closer, maybe not quite there yet, mm -hmm. but getting opportunities for Maria Taylor, for uh, Malika Andrews and other women of color and showing that they are capable, they are More worthy than capable, yeah. of doing this work. I think that is what also presses things forward. And when yeah. people understand that like, if I could just be like frank with you guys, we control the culture. No, like we, oh, no, we, we sure. everything. We are, we are the culture. <laughs> yeah. So like when you try to get everything that's that looks the same in a room, mm -hmm. that's usually like no diversity. Like you are lack, you are cutting off a huge portion of your viewing. Absolutely. Sports Center wasn't cool until Stu Scott got there. Yes. Let's be a hundred percent. When he, he came in with, it. he changed everything. And then people started watching it as a, as a, now it's like a pop culture in the zeitgeist. It wasn't just to get news. Right. Yes, he was a tremendous writer. He made it fun. Absolutely. And then you got the Stephen A. Smith yes, later right. on. And then Jamel Hills. And the, I love Sage Steel. That's my girl. Shout out to Sage Steel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it just makes more sense. So, I mean, we need to be in those rooms. And I think that's just with a lot of things across the board when it comes to diversity. For sure. Everyone's talking about diversity and, and, and inclusion. But it's like, all right, well, cool. Well, then we need to be at that table. We need to have the seat of the table. Yes. And it's just not in sports. It's with everything. And once we get that and we can start changing the minds, then we can get to a place where we can say, okay, our just do is definitely there. So Lange will be proud. A seat at the table. A seat at the table, right? <laughs> all right, everybody. Or, or if not, just make your own table. Right. There, <laughs> we, can do it. there we go. That's my point. We just talked about that, right? I'm all about making my own table. I'll find the tools. Get a screwdriver. Yeah, you know I mean. Go. All right, everybody. We're going to take a really small, quick break. When we get back, this is the reason why this girl is here. We are talking Sixers, y'all. And as hurtful as it's going to yes. be, right? Earrings are um, coming off. <laughs> listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've heard a couple of your Ben rants, <laughs> especially during the trade season. A lot of smart uh, Philly sports fans a lot in the city. Exactly. So we're about to get into it, but we want to take a really quick break, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here. What Ice Radio. We got Crystal Rich Bell, my boy, Jada Gentleman. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody, it's your girl, Lauren Ree, right here at Water Ice Radio at Xfinity Live. Everybody, shout out to Xfinity Live for having us here today and for our special guest, the beautiful Crystal Rich Bell. So we're not going to waste no time. Sixers, let's talk about it. What the hell happened this season? Man, that's a loaded question. It seems like it's simple, <laughs> but that is a loaded question. We had the one seed. We had the path to the finals. It coach. was laid out for us. We had the new coach. We had everything. And Bean was better. He was more in shape. Decent bench. Lord goodness. Okay. So, obviously, it was a, a, an epic And what y'all want the number one seed? Yeah, she just said yes. that. Oh, my yes, God. Yeah, we had okay. the number one seed. Everything was laid out. And you know what? If it wasn't for those things setting the table for the expectations, it wouldn't be as bound because bad because we're used to kind of, unfortunately, getting blown out or getting eliminated in the second round. Right. But the expectations were so high. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, new coach. We thought that this was the year Joel Embiid in his prime can make it happen. Mm. And it's and, uh, the whole trust the process. This is the point. You got the coach now. Yep. You have the players. You traded some good players for some really good players. Having Seth Curry come on the team, I thought that was a great pickup. We're in the we're we're in second round. What happened? No, 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 no. Can we talk about when we were supposed to do the trade for Ben, possibly for Harden? You had a very okay. strong opinion on that, and you were for the trade, correct? Yeah. So 100%. talk to you about why were you for the trade? Because a lot of people were like, oh, Harden, he's not consistent. We don't know if he's going to be healthy enough. That's crazy. What, what, what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's like can if you close your eyes and picture pick and roll with Harden and Embiid, it's everything <laughs> the process has dreamed of for the last 20 years. How could you not want that? Everyone it's unstoppable. Talking, everyone was talking about, oh, he's older, Ben Simmons is younger. But Ben Simmons also, like, refused to shoot the ball in a critical game, in a game seven. Like, of, and this is way before I, it happened, I wanted this, I wanted it to go down. Yeah. And I was mm -hmm. so passionate about getting him here because listen, my whole thing about the last episode of Six Outsiders, we can't waste Joel Embiid's prime years. Can't do it. No. And no. Harden might not have 10 more years in the league, but we, what he could have is a year during Joel Embiid's prime, prime. that yep. could get you to where you wanted to go. After that, like, I don't, I really don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you play yeah. 10 years for us. Like, that's not what I'm about. I'm trying to win. Get us the ring. Well, I'm trying to win. And there's two things about Harden that people don't really understand. Like, people forget how much of a distributor he was when he was with OKC off the bench. Like, he was a great he was amazing. leader. He was an assist leader. And then when he got in the system with D'Antoni, obviously he had to make his own shots, a lot of isos or whatever, but he still has the capability to distribute the ball, as you see with Brooklyn. Right. Where he totally turned the team around when he got there because now he doesn't have to be the one that has to make all the shots. Yep. You got Durant and Kyrie whenever he's not doing his own shit. But you see that, and then now that you see the aftermath, it's like, dude, y'all – Y'all are in the finals if y'all have Harden. Yeah, and you know what? I think that because Daryl Morey used to work in Houston right. yep. and his GM that came after him, it's almost like for him, the new GM, it'll almost be like doing a deal with the devil. Like you don't want to step into someone's shoes and then submit to them. Mm. So I feel like that is the reason why that trade did not work out. For sure. We won't know till the 30 for 30 comes out. We won't right. know all the details. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, no matter what sources you hear, we won't hear until that story finally comes out. But I just have this very strong feeling that his predecessor did not want to deal with the person whose shoes he stepped into. Absolutely. Right. All right. So now, Jay, like Jay was saying, let, let's move to 
The playoffs. The playoffs. The playoffs. Specifically second round. Second round. I mean, first round, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You get the matchup you want for a second round. Correct. Atlanta. Atlanta I Hawks. Mean, no other – all. there was no all-star than Trey Young, No. Right? It should have been si- pretty simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> it it should have been a gentleman's sweep. Gentleman's sweep. Five wins. Five games. Five. I'm sorry. Five games. Yeah. So there are so many things that happen. Obviously, like we know everything about Ben Simmons and him refusing to shoot, but he also at times just like disappeared, as if distributing and some defense were his only jobs. And we talk so much about Ben Simmons' defense. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Trey Young not go off in that series? Yes, he did. So, no, he like, did. Like a grown man, he did. So like that to me added some question marks to Ben Simmons' validity as well, not just like the the lack of shooting, but the defense could have been, to me, a lot better. Right. Also, like, your job cannot only be the distributor. So, obviously, there is that whole thing. But also, like, a lot of this also rests on Doc Rivers, the head coach. Like, mm. before Doc left or got fired from the Clippers, when they got eliminated in the second round. They before- lost a, what, two – 3 one 2 over the years. Yeah, 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 they did. And before that ever happened, I looked to my husband. I was like, that's my dream coach for the Sixers. He's going to – if he were our coach – and this is before it was even a possibility. I said, if he were a coach, he would whip Joel and beat yep. into shape. And if say, anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Doc, right? stay in condition. He's going to get Ben Simmons to shoot. You need that big, strong presence. And when he got here – he almost at times insulted the media as if like, oh well, you guys don't know basketball. If you think Ben Simmons yeah. has to shoot, he was coddling him the whole entire time. He was time. doing what? Uh, well, what's his name? Was the Brett Brown was doing yeah. the same thing? Yeah, at, at least Brett Brown said to the media like he feels like he failed, and obviously I wouldn't pick those words, but he admitted his faults and his shortcomings with Ben Simmons. For sure. Now who knows what kind of conversations he was having with right. Ben behind the scenes because I have an idea the, the, <laughs> there is that that mindset if you want to protect your player from the media because Ben may not be as mentally tough for a market like Philadelphia definitely who will rip you to shred no, so not. maybe there is a little bit of that going on where he wanted to protect his player but at the end of the day he did not get Ben Simmons to do what we thought he no, would. No, he didn't come up for the failure. He didn't help with the assignment. And he just from didn't the, do it. And aside from that, Doc did a terrible job at adjusting. Yes. And Ooh. he did a terrible job with his rotations. And this was leading up to the second he round. He did that when he was at the Clippers. We thought we thought that, oh, maybe he'll bring something new out of his bag. And, oh, he wouldn't do this in, this, in the playoffs. The same thing. Turns out we were wrong. He did those things in Well, the can we talk about Doc? Because, like, we're still harping on the 2008 Finals championship that he has but that was 2008 yeah since then he's blown 2-0 leads 3-1 leads yeah uh hasn't got to the conference uh to so the is, finals since like so is he is he is he philly's coach is he, is he well, well i'm coach? saying like it, just even his legacy where like i don't think he's that coach that everybody thinks he is mm. you know what and also to to play devil devil's advocate to that he and brett brown had to deal with the craziest thing you would ever conjure up in sports. A point guard who will not and refuses to shoot the ball even in a playoff game. So it's like even Never heard of that. even if Doc Rivers was back there giving him knuckle sandwiches and Ben just decided to go out there and still do what Ben does, then unfortunately there's there's, there's no nothing nothing, there's about no it. saving that. Yeah. So I think that Doc Rivers, it seems like he's been trending downwards. And Ben Simmons obviously does not help his case, but, we'll, <laughs> but we will we'll see going forward if if Ben is no longer in Philadelphia, if a trade does happen, 
we'll have to see going forward. How does a trade not happen at this point? There's a lot. A trade does not happen because Ben Simmons had, I believe, a $174 million contract. He's getting like $36 million a year. They broke him off. And unfortunately, in the NBA, like, you're someone still going to have to pay out that contract, whether it's the 76ers or another team. Right. So right now, when you're in the playoffs, like, you're on the world stage. Like, everyone is watching. Everyone saw Ben Simmons' refusal to shoot or even – you know, dunk the ball at times. So his value has plummeted. Plummeted. And, and because of that, it can be hard to get the, the trade value right. that you want to get for him. So we don't want to, like, give off Ben Simmons, who broke off, for someone who's just like, ah, he's okay. Like, we want to get someone, at least monetarily, of Absolutely. equal value. But unfortunately, it seems like that could be hard to, to come by. So let's just play hypotheticals. Ben does come back, right? Um, how does that affect the team? Yeah. I'll be honest, look, if I was on the bench, I'm like, shoot. Like, I'm just like yelling. I'm, I mean, I'm like, sure that's – I mean, come on. We, we saw how Thibault looked at him at that one critical play in game seven. Like, yo, bro, what are you doing? But, like, how is, – is he a cancer to the team now? This is Joel Embiid's team. And, you know, every step of the way you have to keep him informed. Yeah. No matter what. Because you don't want Joel Embiid to now be disgruntled and, like, request a trade. Unmotivated. Or, or unmotivated right. or whatever the case may be. So that's first and foremost. Now, actually, I think the best scenario, and a lot of people disagree with me, is for Ben Simmons to actually come back. Mm. But I will say that the fans cannot be fooled, though. I want him to come back before the trade deadline, which in a regular season would be in February. Obviously, this year with the season starting later, it was a little bit later in the, in the season. Right. But I think he should come back to try to get that trade value up. I, uh, to be honest with you, I don't care if Ben Simmons starts shooting. I don't start. I don't care if he starts making a few. He's already shown me everything I need to right. know. That's why I say right. to the fan base, don't get fooled. But I would like to see him come back, get his trade value up a little bit, so we. It's like can, a tryout. So we can. Yeah. Get, get so still a make better him, assets. So we can still make him un- uncomfortable. I mean, honestly, that's in our DNA to do that. And that's why I say to the Philly fans, like, we actually got to play this with a little finesse. Like, if you go to the game, go out there and cheer him on and make him a better player. Because Ben Simmons before, he was – I know it's going to be hard to do, but hear me out. (laughs) Ben Simmons before said when Serena Winters was our sideline reporter, he told her, we're afraid to lose at home. So those cheers – they affect him more than I think other players, other other all stars. So I feel like if you if you play like this psychological game and you cheer him on, but you know on the back of your head, but that trade deadline coming up though, right? You know, it's almost like you know. In but a, it feels in like a, every time we do that with him though, he has one spectacular game or something, like, or two or he'll three. drop forty. Because don't buy in, don't buy in because people buy in. That's what I'm saying. You know, cheer him on so he gets you know, good games and, and good numbers and racks up good stat lines, don't buy in. I, because I think that he does need to be traded after and that series. Me, me and Lauren talk about this, and, and just to kind of put a bow on this, I don't think, I just don't, we don't. We believe he's not that dude. He's not that player to want to come back and prove everybody wrong. He don't care. He got his money. He got his girls. He got his house. He's I young. He's tall. Light skinned. I say this all the time. He just wants to be a celebrity. <laughs> Did you just say light skinned. I yeah, can't he's long, you. young, tall, light skinned, <laughs> pulling his supermodels. I, I say this about men all the time, and some people agree with me, and some people don't. Ben doesn't love basketball to me. Ben loves being a superstar. I think he's he likes just to be good a celebrity. 
and he just happens to be good at basketball. He likes to be in the limelight. He likes the cars. He likes to be swagged out. He loves dating a Jenner. Um, you know what I mean? Like in the girls and you know all stuff like that. And I think he loves the limelight more than he loves the actual game. And you know, and like you said, he just happens to be tall. He just happens to be good, better than mo- most people at basketball. And he's gotten this opportunity. But he also makes a a hell of he's a not lot a dog. of money. He's not a dog. He don't have it in him. Especially and for I'm, a city like this. And I'm kind of like, yo, if you want to go be a super, go go get on a reality show. Like, I mean, that's not what you're in Philly. That's not what you're here for. You know right. what I'm trying to say? Like, you got to have some dog in you. It's the lunch pill mentality that he doesn't don't have. have it. You know what? I disagree a little bit. I think okay. that I think that he does love the game of basketball. You got you got to remember, like, he didn't grow up in America. He grew up in Australia. His dad plays. He's been playing since he was a little kid. The culture may be different there. We don't know. We don't know, like, the ins and outs of his childhood. I do think that he really loves the game of basketball. But I will say this. I think he has such a fear complex when it comes to shooting, when it comes to So you do believe it's mental? I believe 100% because I remember back to the Summer League games, and I know it's just Summer League, but he would pull up and take these jumpers, and they actually at times look look pretty. So I think that there is something going on up there that is is killing his ability to, to go. And for me, it's like killing a bug. Like, I tell my husband all the time, like, that's not my responsibility. That's, like, number one <laughs> on my list. Like, I love God. You kill all the bugs. I can be this close to it. I can be this close. Hear me out now. To the basket. But you got to. And not kill that bug. Ben Simmons can be that close to that dunk and, and not, not take go, it. Not going to take it. I can have the shoe in my hand. And I'm like, ooh, and I, and I back up. That's, that's mental. It's I'm mental. bigger than the bug. I know I could do it. I think for him, it is such a mental thing for him, and we don't know what's gonna what it will take to remedy that. Whether it's like I, I going think to a therapist, I also I, and and to kind of go back to 2016 when I don't even think he was invited to be on the Australian basketball team. I think that has I think that shows a lot about a player too. When normally, if you're if you're a dual if you're a dual citizen, you can play wherever those countries are, and they, he wasn't even invited. Like that says a lot. I don't know, yo. He just don't got it for here. I'm good. Patty Mills wasn't born here, and he's a dog. I'm done. I do think that this is the worst sports market he could possibly be in for having that type of fear. Because Philly, we expect hard work. I expect hard work. This is a blue-collar city at the end of the day. And Ben Simmons, I believe he works hard. But the appearance of not wanting to do something and disappearing is going to give off the illusion that like oh you don't care that's what everyone thinks now and i think that he cares a lot mm. but like he just can't get over that it's too harsh of a city i think i think he's, he's very similar to carson wentz i think carson wentz wasn't built for this city and i think carson wentz is going to do well in indianapolis i actually i disagree with that too i think yeah? carson wentz could have thrived in this city <laughs> unfortunately that whole thing when nick falls and the super bowl like there is nothing Carson Wentz could do after Nick Foles won, the won Super that Super Bowl game. Nothing. Except and win games. It, I mean, <laughs> honestly, honestly, even Facts. if he won games, even if his last season wasn't, like, horrid, there is nothing he could do except for win a Super Bowl to get the hearts back of Philadelphia. And I, I mean, it's, a, a, it's, statue it's, a hard, it's a hard expectation, and that is a lot to over to overcome. I do agree with that. But I think, I think if they, he was a little bit more consistent, 
And again, it goes back to mentality, right? It goes back to the mental. Yeah. When you feel like the city's not behind you, you're not going to be like, you're going to be on some fucking shit. Like, whatever. And it felt like that. Not even as an Eagles fan. I saw, yeah. I was like, did he, he digressed. Like, he yeah. did. It did look like he digressed. All of his answers at the podium were always the same thing. Right. Yeah. I think. He was also, just out of it. He, he checked out. Oh, with, he checked. With Definitely. Here in Philadelphia, like, we expect you to be genuine. Like, Joel Embiid, after the loss, he was like, oh, I still played even though my ankle was messed up and everything right. was hurting because Philly taught me to be tough. And I feel like we were we were more able to forgive that and right. to, to, to be like, okay, I appreciate your genuineness. Right. With Carson Wentz, I think this hurt him, too, with the fan base, is he kept saying the same things at the podium, like, yeah. oh, I need to do better, I need to be better. And it seemed so repetitive that it kind of felt like, it oh, wasn't maybe genuine. he doesn't care as yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we go on a break, like, I know we kind of said it already, but where do you really see the future for the Sixers? All right, so you guys, we are back and we're about to wrap this up. Um, but really quick, before we, you know, wrap everything up, what do you think the, the future is for the future? Um, the future is for the Sixers. Can we get the chip? I, I think that a trade has to happen, and it really depends on what trade that is. I don't see a chip happening if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are locked in a marriage together and they can never separate. I still have hope in Joel Embiid. It depends on the front office and what pieces they surround him with. And if they do get a great player to compliment him, then I do believe the Sixers can get a chip. But all these are big ifs. Like I said, I'll say it one more time, we cannot waste Joel Embiid's prime years. He has to be at the yeah. forefront yes. of every decision because his basketball lifespan is not as long as other no. players like right. Ben Simmons. And, and they got that boy in Milwaukee who seems mm. to have figured how to play. He's like, oh, I'm bigger, stronger, faster than everybody. Right. I'm just going to drop 50. So the, the level of competition in the East, and now that, you know, KD, uh, Harden getting healthy. Trey Young got confidence. Yep. A lot. Kevin Herter. They're not even calling him Kevin. Like they're not. They call him Kayvon. Yeah, like, like <laughs> exactly. Like, he's okay at the cookout. Like, the East, the East got teams. He can, he can come to the cookout. So that window is getting, it's closing. Yeah. I know it's good. Real, so real Oh, no, no, real no. quick side note, Giannis, too, one reason I really respect him is because he adjusted in the same year, in the yes. same playoff. Yep. Like, it didn't take season to season. No. Like, we went from him getting booed at the line, not even booed, people counting, chanting so he doesn't take too long at the line, to him going 17 of 19 from the line. Like, his in-series adjustments it's crazy. were out of this world, and yep. a lot of players can't do that. He blocked all of that out, and he dropped 50 on the most important game, and they got it, right? They lost two, and they – but see, that, that goes to coaching. That goes to players being self-aware. All right, that didn't work. Let's adjust. Da-da-da-da-da. Let's win a chip. I'm, I don't know, man. The, we'll see. That window for the Sixers, man, it's getting it's – getting, Don't break my heart like that. Don't break my heart. I'm just looking at all the other competition because it's like now you got you to gotta hope for – People to get hurt, which it does happen, but it's like <laughs> you that hope for people to I'm get hurt. I'm not hoping for people to get hurt, but I, I really do believe a lot of this is on the front office. They gotta keep Joel B top yeah. of mind and they gotta get a trade done Stay whether, aggressive. Yeah. Whether like free agency or you know but it just has to be before the trade deadline. I'm fine if Ben Simmons comes back. I don't want him to ride out the entire year. Right. Right. All right, everybody. Take. You heard it first right here in the Larry Live show from Crystal Rich Bell. Crystal, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you both for having if me. If you can tell us just really quickly, do you have anything coming up we can be looking out for? 
Yeah, um, coming up in September, I'll be on the sidelines for a ton of Big Ten football games. Nice. So you can catch me in Maryland, I think Rutgers. It's pretty much all your Saturdays. Do you have any predictions for Big Ten? Who's going to take it? No, I don't. Ooh. Man, I heard that news, and I was like, whoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure yet. Every year I feel it feels like a little bit different. So. But always bet on Ohio State. <laughs> like, you're pretty you pretty good. Know, I'm I'm from Rutgers, so I can't. Uh, I always want to say Rutgers. Any other school, I would just have to like say it internally. Sure. But if I had to pick, I'm gonna say my school. Are you? Let's go. <laughs> Scarlet Knights. And really quick, if our viewers and everyone wants to follow you, where can they find you? At Crystal Rich and all my platforms. K R Y S C L E R I C H. All right, everybody. So promise us one thing that next season. Uh, we can maybe sneak you in here, kind of like mid-season, with all those, some, if we get some changes going on. I'm here for the rants. About it, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm in. Look, she keep it so real. I'm like, this is going to be perfect. The rants are the best. <laughs> right, right? <laughs> keep gotta, doing those, please. Got to keep this girl Got to keep this girl on the show, right? All right, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here on What Ice Radio for the Lauren Reed Live Show. Make sure you are following us on all streaming platforms, right? That's Apple Pie. That's on Google Play, YouTube. Spotify, YouTube. It's on all of them. So just subscribe to all of them. Subscribe to the show. Also, make sure you are following waterice.com. We are your scoops of everything Philly. We know everything that's going on, so make sure you follow us there as well. And on social media. What's that? And on social media, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of things going yeah. on. Just follow us. Just A lot of things are opening up still, so yeah. make sure you follow waterice.com yeah. on Instagram. And everybody, continue to be safe out there for sure and enjoy the rest of the summer. Again, shout out to Xfinity Live for having us here. Hopefully, we will be back. I'm sure we will. Shout out Xfinity Live. Yes, Thank you so yes, much. Yes. All right, everybody, you know how this show ends. Not all superheroes wear capes, but sometimes, sometimes they, they wear, wear headphones. headphones. See you, everybody. Peace. Peace.